we bring into Vicki McKenna's show this afternoon, Eddie Grime, attorney at Kansas City-based Graves Garrett. That was the firm that was very instrumentally involved in this settlement and a slog of a legal process. Hello, Eddie. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, Matt. Good to be here. It's very good to have you on the program. I think folks will remember you uh, for several years in another slog that was, of course, the John Doe investigation and the great success that you and your firm had in defending conservatives who were targeted here by left-wing prosecutors. We can touch upon that in a moment, but I do want to get to the issue at hand. This is, as you told me last week at MacGyver News Service, this is a seven-figure settlement, but you can't go too deeply into the details. But uh, tell our listening audience what this means, because I don't think they're getting this information out there from the, the general mainstream media, unfortunately. Well, what it means is that Uncle Sam has agreed to pay out to every single one of the targeted groups that's, uh, that stayed in the lawsuit uh, what will come out to be several thousand dollars uh, as damages for what they did to the groups. And we think that this may be the first class action that's ever even been certified against the government for a case like this, and certainly the first time that the government has come out with substantial money for each one of the uh, the targeted class members. So to us, we know that we can't get the IRS to to truly fess up and admit to what happened. We know that we couldn't get that even if we had a court judgment. The IRS would still you know, respectfully disagree probably. But the payment of money for us uh, is, is the final answer. It shows us the government has recognized the strength of the claims. Well, you were involved in this lawsuit that took four-plus years. The stonewalling by the IRS probably shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who's followed anything involving the IRS. Uh, the federal judges got downright furious with the federal government, with the IRS, for its tactics and called them out on it. Finally, you get to this day, but what did you learn about what the IRS did, the things that maybe most of us... Uh, who followed the story but don't have all the legal ins and outs. What, what do we learn about the targeting uh, of these conservative organizations? Well, we learned that it wasn't just a few people in Cincinnati, a couple of rogue agents, uh, which mm -hmm. is what uh, the IRS initially said. That's what Lois Lerner initially said. In fact, we learned that the IRS has all kinds of detailed policies about how they treat applicants and those policies are so detailed that you can simply uh, choose one particular element of one policy and use it to your advantage to target someone. So the very mechanisms put in place to control uh, the way that groups are treated can be very easily twisted and turned against those groups to break off a section and handle them sort of in another room all by themselves. And, and that's mm. what uh, Washington, D.C. approved within about uh, 30 days of the first group being noticed. Eddie Grime, attorney at Kansas City-based Graves Garrett, joins us talking about the settlement involving those conservative groups targeted in the IRS scandal that occurred uh, during the Obama administration. Let me ask you this, Eddie, though. I was looking at a list of those in the class action. There are some names on there that seem like they would lend themselves to more left-leaning activities. Are there left-wing uh, organizations on this list, too, and, and were they indeed targeted? 
Well, the Department of Justice took the criteria. Uh, let me tell you about how the list was created. Okay. The, the court in the Southern District of Ohio certified the class by using the exact uh, four criteria that uh, the IRS itself identified as the four criteria it had used to identify groups and send them over to this, what I would call the special room for prolonged and heightened scrutiny. So the judge went into the record, pulled those four criteria out, and said everybody who was separated out between 2010 and 2013 using at least one of these four criteria, you are in the class. Now at the time, the Department of Justice would not let us go in to all the application files and find those groups ourselves because they said it was all protected information, which is a whole different story, Matt. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Department of Justice said, you know, we will take those four criteria, we will go into the files, and we will tell you the 400 and uh, at that time it was about 60, 460 groups who were actually pulled out using these four criteria. So the list that we have today is really the Department of Justice's own admission about who was targeted using those four criteria. Now, if there are a few progressive or liberal-sounding groups in there, it's either uh, one, because someone simply made an error in pulling somebody in, or because the Department of Justice made an error in our, in our case, deciding who should be in there. We don't have any reason to think that they did, but uh, that would be one explanation. Another explanation is that the government itself uh, realized what was happening and late in the process decided that they needed a couple of liberal groups in there. But okay. if that's what they did, that's just as wrong as tar targeting a conservative group. Um, they would have been chosen based on their ideology to try to help cover up the earlier targeting of conservative groups. That's what I was wondering. Is there any evidence to suggest? Remember, the counterclaim from the IRS, from Lois Lerner and others, is, well, you know, if there was a problem, uh, the left, uh, the liberal groups had the same kind of problem, and this was, for a while, kind of the narrative. It wasn't just the right. It wasn't just Tea Party name groups. It wasn't just conservatives. You know, liberal groups applying for nonprofit status had some problems, too. They were victims, too. That just simply was not the case. And so when I saw a few of these names in the list that looked like uh, they they were social justice organizations, those sorts of things. Now, remember, the IRS looked at the names of, you know, Tea Party or New American Way or whatever, whatever the name was that looked very conservative. And they they used those names to kind of, uh, you know, the, the flash bulbs went off, the red lights went off, and then you go into the secret room because these are conservative sounding names. But I guess the, the overall question is, uh, did they really target the left in, in, in this kind of way? Because I, I think that's what we found out through investigations that, no, that narrative was basically bunk from the get-go. Yeah, that, that's correct. They did not target the left. And um, there was a recent spate of publicity, Matt, maybe three weeks ago, when TIGTA released a final report that was supposed to have been a follow-up look to see whether uh, progressive or liberal groups had been targeted. And uh, there was a lot of uninformed commentary out there saying, aha, uh, look here, we, we have now shown that everybody got targeted. Um, well, 
that's not what the report said. That's not what happened. In fact, um, in our case, what we found was that these other groups like maybe ACORN or Emerge or Progressive, some of those other buzzwords, they were, they, there was a list at the IRS that mentioned those groups. But you have to visualize an Excel spreadsheet here, Matt. It gets a little tricky. There is a tab in that spreadsheet called Emerging Issues. Mm-hmm. That was the tab actually used on a real-time basis by the screeners who segregated groups for extra scrutiny. There were other tabs on that list called historical issues uh, or things like that that simply gathered up anything the IRS had ever looked at. And it's the other tabs that mention these other names and for other reasons. So ACORN, for example, they were chosen because there was an allegation of potentially a tax avoidance scheme run by the national group. Well, ACORN then split up and uh, was divided into different local groups. And so the IRS, uh, concerned that the local groups were going to continue with the same tax avoidance scheme as the national group, wanted to make sure that they uh, identified those local groups and handled them all the same way and did not let some get through. In other words, a a legitimate concern, a legitimate concern from the IRS on tax avoidance as opposed with with history uh, in the process, as opposed to looking at 912 organization or the Patriots of South Carolina, whatever the case may be. And we've got some Wisconsin examples here looking at those and just saying, well, those look like a bunch of conservatives and right wingers. We're going to target them for the special room. That's right. Remember, the 912, the Tea Party, the objective four criteria that were used were all part of an effort to find and to locate the, quote, Tea Party movement. That's what they were trying to find. And they added in other names and policy positions just in case a Tea Party group didn't put Tea Party in their name. That's very different from the other groups. Uh, who, you know, did not go into specialized processing. They were not going after an entire movement. Um, and so it's, it's night and day, and nobody should be misled by this. You are an elections and campaign finance expert. Uh, you have seen a lot of this. In fact, uh, just a reminder, you were very much involved taking the lead on the Government Accountability Board case, for instance, in the John Doe, some of these other John Doe-related issues. And I don't need to remind our listeners how egregious, how unconstitutional this John Doe and politically motivated John Doe investigation was. But it, it's striking how similar in many of these respects we have Wisconsin to the national thing, IRS, and some of these other left-wing campaigns to go after conservatives. As you see it, is, is this truly a national effort, and is it a coordinated effort that, that you can uh, deduce? Well, I think, uh, I think it's coordinated to the extent that it uh, helps in an individual case. We know that these, uh, at the highest level, uh, election administrators, uh, people at the FEC, people at the IRS, they go to a conference every year uh, called uh, COGEL, mm-hmm. C-O-G-E-L. And at this, uh, at this conference, they talk about things like dark money, uh, you know, new ideas to regulate speech, uh, you know, how are other countries getting around their free speech protections to, to police groups, and so they all coordinate, they all share ideas, 
And, uh, for example, we, I mean, even Kevin Kennedy, as you pointed out, uh, was friends with Lois Lerner. They, they met at these conferences. Um, you know, it, it's, it's basically a bunker mentality. It's the viewpoint that they are the holders of truth. They are the regulators who really know what's in the public interest and that they've got to overcome all these obstacles in order to impose their will upon their respective states or constituencies. It is, uh, it's striking, uh, some of the similarities we've, we've seen and some of the things we know that they've taken out of these conferences. Quick question, and we'll, we'll leave it with this. The settlement, it would seem to me, is not the ending point, but perhaps the beginning point of a lar- larger revelations coming out about the IRS and its handling of these cases. Well, that's right. Uh, we are going, there, there's much information that we learned in the case some of which was produced to Congress but not used by Congress, some of which we think was not produced to Congress. Uh, There are transcripts of depositions that we want to release but we can't release yet. And so at the end of the day, that's the real resolution, is for people to understand what truly happened, not what TICTA says happened, not what Congress says happened, not what the IRS tries to claim in its uh, filings, but what really happened. And the emails and I think the testimony say it all, and we are really looking forward to rolling that out uh, in the in the coming months. Eddie Grime, I have described you in my latest piece on this as a vampire slayer. We <laughs> we know who the bloodsuckers are over at the IRS. Thank you and your firm and the others, and obviously the brave folks, these conservative organizations that stood up to this onslaught. Uh, we, we thank you for taking them on and for claiming, I think, uh, what it what should be, uh, a, a much more reported victory for uh, freedom and for, for the First Amendment. Thank you, Matt, very much. And thanks for keep shining the light on these things. We need someone to do it. Absolutely. We will continue to. I know Vicki will as well. Thanks so much.